0: Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for High Velocity Radio.
1: Welcome to the High Velocity Radio show where we celebrate top performers producing better results in less time. Stone Payton here with you this morning. Please join me in welcoming to the broadcast, Conflict Resolution Coach with Adapting Leaders, Mr. Jerry Fu, good morning, sir.
0: Good morning, Stone.
1: Well, it is a absolute delight to have you on the program this morning. I think a good place to start would be if you could help me and our listeners kind of get our our arms around this this topic, this whole field of conflict resolution. What is it? Why should we be thinking about it? And uh, what, uh, what have you learned in, in in your time working in that arena?
0: Yeah, yeah. Conflict is important because it doesn't go away on its own. And the benefits of learning to deal with it, whether it's a healthy conflict, like personal growth, or an unhealthy conflict, like a roommate who hasn't paid his rent, um, is, uh, you know, yeah, you. The sooner you learn to deal with it, the sooner you can move on to to more meaningful, more important things. The sooner you can have some kind of peace of mind knowing that uh, not only can you, uh, you know, enjoy the fact that you've moved past the situation, but just being confident knowing that uh, the challenges that you encounter inevitably next round, you'll be more prepared for.
1: So what's the backstory, man? How did you get involved in this kind of work?
0: (laughs) Sometimes you don't choose it. Sometimes it chooses you. (laughs) And so in this case, yeah, I I realized very quickly um, that I didn't want to admit it. I just knew that anytime someone was upset with me, uh, my people-pleasing nature would kick in and my immediate response was to placate and take the path of least resistance, even if something was you know, not quite to my liking, or you know, might even compromise some some you know legal or ethical implications, right? And I learned this when even when I was dealing with with things as a pharmacist, right? When I remember, I'll give a quick example. So at one point, you know, patients ran out of fills on his diabetes testing strips, and you know, he kept just making a big scene about you know, well, you know, legally it shouldn't matter. Like I, I need strips, I need strips. I need to be able to, to pay for them. And I just remember that one night I just didn't have the energy to fight it anymore. And so I just, you know, gave him a courtesy bill, but the problem, right. Was that once I set that precedent for him, uh, he insisted on it, you know, every time. And, you know, and which is, which anyone would understand, Hey, yeah, diabetic should have testing strips, but, Uh, You know, after a while, people may question, how are you filling all these prescriptions on this insurance uh, when legally, uh, you know, you haven't crossed your T's and dotted your I's, right? And that's money that we could lose from insurances who just had to audit us and they say, oh, well, you know, legally you didn't have everything lined up, so we're just going to take all the money back, right? So, you know, now I'm out, you know, (laughs) whatever (laughs) revenue I could have made, you know, had I done things properly, had I stood my ground, right? to say, Hey, look, I understand you, you need your strips. And, you know, I need to talk to your doctor before I can do anything. Right. And to be able to have the courage to stand up to that. And even if he, you know, he says, I'm going to complain to your supervisor and, you know, shouldn't matter. Right. Um, compliance is number one. And I just didn't like the fact that he didn't like me unless I gave him what he wanted.
1: Hmm. All right. So you sought out, coaching you began to read up on this begin to study on it what, what happened next
0: yeah yeah so yeah the other challenge you know was when I actually stepped up into leadership and I realized that if I did not manage expectations well then I was the one who got in trouble you know, <laughs> just, it was just really frustrating and so yeah the funny thing is is when you get over the fact that you don't have to figure figure this out on your own. Like you don't have to like stumble around in the dark because these problems aren't new, but they're just new to you. And so when I started to study leaders and work alongside leaders, I really respected and I studied how they brought up the best in me, how they even managed conversations with me to be sure that, you know, I was doing everything that I needed to, to pull my weight. And they would share their resources and say, Hey, Jerry, here's some, here's some books that you you might, like, and that has you that have useful information. And that's a great first step. And we all know that even though leaders are readers, it's the application of those concepts in these books that's the turning point, right? And to dispel the myth of, oh, well, if you're good at this, you won't fail at it. Like you won't uh, have to learn and improve your technique. Um, the sooner you realize, if you're gonna have a falling out with someone, you'd rather go down swinging and have them know exactly why you're upset with them as opposed to just flushing the friendship just because they didn't secretly meet your expectations. So yeah, part of it is am I willing to explore, you know, what other people have done about this? And so, you know, I came up with kind of like my own recipe, you know, testing different concepts, figuring out what worked for me. And even then I still have to continue to refine my process because I can always get better at this. And even if, I refine my process, the challenge is the stakes are going to get higher and higher every single time. And, you know, that's the the paradox of self-development, as David Allen says in this great book, Getting Things Done. The better you get, the better you better get.
1: <laughs> and, and this is a skill set that anyone who has the responsibility of, of generating results with and through other people. I mean, this is a vital skill set. This is not a nice to have, is it?
0: Oh, it's, yeah, it's not a luxury. It's, it's an essential, uh, you know, part of your leadership diet and, 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 and to use one metaphor, right? Because whether you look for conflict or conflict finds you, uh, you need to have a, it's best to have a system in place, uh, because I tell people all the time, right? I am still conflict first. Like, I don't like it. And I know that in order to compensate for that, I need to have a system in place so I don't default into, into bad and unproductive habits. So, yeah, I tell people all the time, I say, you know, I don't want to just say, oh, I'm, I'm you know, I, I'm i a conflict coach for people pleasers because no one wants to say, well, I'm a people pleaser. Yeah, let me, you know, let me <laughs> sign up for your services. You got to say something nice to so like, you know, conflict resolution goes for harmonizers or, or peace peacemakers, right? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. It's in the same boat, but it's more, people are more likely to resonate with that label as opposed to one that you know points out their, their immediate flaws.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's talk about the work itself, uh, the mechanism. Yeah. It's, it's it's individual coaching. It's working with with groups. Walk us through what the tell us what the work looks like.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it mainly happens on two levels, as you as you hinted at already. The first is individual. So. I can unpack a quick example. You know, when I'm working with someone one-on-one, um, one of the one of the you know moments I really celebrated with one of my clients was when he had talked about how he had been promoted to a leadership role and they inherited the team um, about three months ago. And he said, you know, I have a situation where there's a guy on my team who's been with the company ten years. So this guy clearly has you know seniority with the company, and he says, well, this guy has, you know, been kind of frustrated because he's wanted to uh, be promoted into management. But the last two supervisors he had basically, you know, told him no, or gave up on him. So, you know, how do I get him to take my feedback seriously? Because I am in a position to help him. But I also need him to realize that unless he gets, you know, unless he's willing to receive and apply tough feedback, like he's not going to. He's just going to end up with the same fate as the other two supervisors, right? Mm. And so, the framework I usually take people through that I that I give away on my website is involves five steps. The first is to imagine that, a, uh, you know, what does success sound like? What would a successful conversation be? And the second, once you have that possibility in mind, is to initiate, uh, <clears throat> set things in motion, right? Uh, 10 seconds of courage to say hey man you know when's a good time to to set up a conversation to have uh to talk about what you want right whether you send the email or send the text you want to set things in motion and then lock the gate behind you so you can't backtrack because conflict diverse people like myself right we want to rationalize women, right we want to say oh well, it's not so bad maybe i don't have to deal with it today and you know that this doesn't help you so Yeah, so you want to imagine, number one, is this possible? Number two, well, if it is possible, what would it sound like? Then you want to, you know, put something on the calendar. Third step is to script your critical phrases. And you say, okay, well, what do I want to address? Let me put it on paper. Let me get these thoughts organized. Let me anticipate what kind of pushback I'm going to encounter and how I'm going to respond to that pushback. Then step four is to rehearse. Uh, these things because you don't want to just write these down you want to practice saying them out loud check your tone check your body language role play with the friend right just to kind of iron out your phrasing and kind of get some muscle memory in there so that step five where you follow through uh you actually can you know think on your feet a little bit and you know and make sure you remember that the cost of not engaging is always going to be worse than trying and and not getting the result that you initially intended and so that's on an individual level. On the group level, yeah, it's more of the same where people basically kind of throw their problems out in the open and uh, kind of walk them through that framework. And now you have people, you know, bouncing ideas off each other on, you know, the things that they can say. Um, as, the, as the leadership maxim says, you know, one of us is not as smart as all of us. And so when more people in the organization are committed to really making sure they have a a culture where conflict is not only celebrated but encouraged because they understand they'd rather take a proactive approach to stamping out fires before they can even start, Uh, then that's when I think you start to see real transformation.
1: So you've been at this a while now. What are you finding the most rewarding about the work? What are you enjoying the most?
0: I think I just like getting calls and, and emails from clients telling me how how relieved they are that they've been able to move past some of these situations. Like I'll, I'll give an example. Like the first, one of the first, you know, thank you calls I ever got was yeah. From a a friend who agreed to, you know, test me out as, as a client. And, you know, his situation was a more of a personal one where he saw, you know, he asked out a girl in his church group. She, you know, said yes, gave, gave him her number and then you know he tried calling her, texting her a couple times, and you know, he was and didn't get a response. And then he does a little homework online, and it turns out she already has a boyfriend. And you know, so he was initially really upset, and we talked through it, and he's you know, like, "I can't believe she would lie to me," and you know, things like that. And I said, "Well, hey, you know, hang on a second, right? Um, it's easy to justify that story. Uh, it's a very easy conclusion to come to, but." What if you, you know, just did a little detective work, you know, with her and and did some exploring with her, just to say, hey, you know, there's some things here that don't add up Can you help, you know, help shed some light on these. And it turns out, you know, she was the kind of girl who, even if she had a legitimate reason to say no, she, there was some guilt around saying no to guys when she wanted to kind of reward their courage for, you know, asking girl out. And so even... Hmm. Once, once he, once he heard that and realized, you know, oh, you know, she was just being nice, even if it, even if she didn't have to be, um, you know, it still sucks that I didn't, you know, I got my hopes up and thought that I, you know, go on a date or so. But, you know, I'm so happy that, like, I found closure, even if it wasn't the intended result I was looking for, you know, I'm not trying to stick it to anybody I'm just thankful to say, Hey, you know, that hurt. And, you know, let's talk about how you don't have to do that. And so that can, we can prevent this in the future. Right. And I think that's all anyone can ask for.
1: Yeah. Uh, so how does the whole sales and marketing thing work for a, a guy like you, a practice like yours? How do you get the new clients? <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm still, uh, I'm still refining that process though. And I'm not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> I mean, part of it is, you know, um, I like the approach of warm traffic, where you know I'm already working uh, alongside other platforms, um, you know, with with programs like you know Rare Coaching or, or other things that I've already identified needs. And so, uh, you know, one strategy is just to you know work for someone else already has a platform, right? And you know, it that may or may not get you the value and compensation you're looking for, but it's a start because you can start to see where real needs are. Uh, The other is to network with other coaches and, you know, see, hey, can we partner with each other and match your skill set and complement it with mine? And the other is, yeah, just uh, if you find an organization or find a niche that, you know, needs your help, hey, you know, why not, you know, send them an email, get them on the phone if you can and say, hey, look, uh, I would really love to work with you. Part of it is just having confidence in my own uh, product and the value that it brings and being okay with the fact that not everyone's going to need it. And you'd rather, and then this is what I'm learning in the process, right? You'd rather, you know, test out, send the message and get a no or non-response than to just kind of let them reject you from the start by never sending anything.
1: So uh, let's talk root causes a minute because it it strikes me Mm -hmm. that some of the some of the genesis of a challenge with conflict could go all the way back to childhood or culture or environment. Have you learned anything on, on that front, like where it comes from?
0: Oh yeah, it's 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 this survival mechanism, right? Like the fight, flight, or freeze uh, are the typically right the three um, actions that we, one term I thought was really funny. It was called lizard brain, right? Because like when you just get into a point where you're just in a panic situation, you don't know what to do. You're going to do one of those two, three things, right? And so me growing up as a minority, whether I'm in Wisconsin or Tennessee, right? I, I was just an easy target. And so, hmm. you know, me being a smaller kid, right? I I didn't know enough Kung Fu to like hold my ground in a real fight. <laughs> And so, right. And the, so you try to run away or you just panic and hope that, you know, things would just blow over or you take the hit and you just kind of resent them and resent yourself for not being able to handle the situation with more confidence or in a better, in a better way. Right. And so, yeah, between not wanting to deal with the conflict when my parents were upset with me, if I, you know, questioned them in any way and then other people, you know, making fun of my culture and you're like, I don't know how to fight back in a way that, You know not that i'm trying to inflict pain but just to kind of stand my ground and be more of an advocate for myself uh yeah and just this need to even belong right and you're just like well i want them to like me and even though i feel like i'm compromising who i am or what what's important to me in order to gain their acceptance um you know i'm going to do it because right now that's that's the bigger you know priority even if it's unhealthy and sets an unhealthy dynamic so yeah i mean it started from a young age You know just approval addiction and looking for looking for a spot to belong but you know later on in life you know you compare it to realizing hey this is a self-discovery process and you realize oh i don't have the time or energy to get everyone to like me i just need you know people who are willing to accept me more on my terms and you know is there some level of adaptation sure i mean that's what my website domain is based on is to adapt to whatever situation you dealing with but it's never meant to compromise your identity or what's important to you. And so that's where the conflict resolution comes in. So when you realize, hey, you know what? I thank you for this disagreement. And because we know uh, neither of us are going to budge, then yeah, this is, we, should, we should move on, not to spite each other, but it's in our best interest so we can both focus more of our, our time and energy with people who you know, are able to be more accepting of who we actually are.
1: This topic it seems to have implications and immediate application to something as important as if a leader is trying to navigate their way through and do a good job with diversity, equity, and inclusion, and that type of thing. I mean, they need to get good at this, and they need to to create an environment that allows everyone to get better at this, don't they?
0: Oh, absolutely. And I mean, I'll, I can tell you just from my work on one DEI committee. In particular, we're still, you know, ironing out a statement that is that self-declares, hey, we know like the the statement in itself is not the goal, right? And the statement itself declares, hey, this is a continual process, this is a self-correcting process, and this we know that this will evolve over time. And we are also, you know, we're not just going to check a box just because every with every shiny thing that comes up. When someone says, "Hey, you didn't, uh, you know, account for this culture, you didn't account for this holiday," like that is not a fair burden for any one person, any one committee to say, "Well, you know, we were the ones that, sorry, we didn't know about every possible culture and minority and, you know, obscure holiday." You know, that would be difficult for any one person to, you know, uh, take inventory of. But we are going to create an environment, as you said, right, where If people want to take the initiative to say, hey, look, I want people to know about this because I think it's overlooked, by all means, you you have the freedom and the support to, you know, to share that content that you believe will edify and strengthen and educate other people. Uh, Not for not to show yourself off, but so that the group as a collective uh, can have more awareness and, and learn something and improve themselves for sure
1: it strikes me that you might be an excellent candidate for getting on the other side of the microphone maybe having your own radio show authoring a book any plans like that d- down the road you know, uh, uh, got <laughs> writing a book or doing a radio show or i mean you're already doing the keynote work
0: yeah thanks yeah so the nice thing is uh i there is uh i had the opportunity to contribute a uh, chapter to a leadership anthology consultant friend is, Mm. is putting into motion and initially it was supposed to self pub. We were supposed to self publish back in October, but the great news is that Wiley actually picked it up because he already, you know, published two books before and I was just thankful that he wanted to include me, you know, in his, in his, uh, you know, compilation. And so the book is called, uh, you know, secrets of next level entrepreneurship. And that will come out in April of of next year. So that much is set into motion, you know, and that's, I'm very excited about that. Happy to, you know, update y'all when, whenever that officially gets published. And then, yeah, I like the idea of hosting my own podcast. I know I'm only one person at this point. So uh, I don't have the bandwidth for it at the moment, but it is something that I'm sure will be on the horizon. Uh, that I'll revisit uh, when I when I have a little more margin.
1: All right. Well, well, I think I think I'll ask uh, until that until that book comes out and your next one that you write mm-hmm. completely by yourself and you do the <laughs> the show. What's on your nightstand, or what do you think should be on our nightstand? What should we be reading, thinking about, doing, practicing our, ourselves? uh related to these topics Let, let's leave our listeners with a, with a few pro tips before we before we wrap
0: yeah yeah great great invitation um uh, here are some ideas i'll put it on the table to for people to you know explore and experiment with um you know one is as simple as if you meet somebody with a culture you're not familiar with well just ask them hey you know would you be willing to share some interesting things about your culture that you really celebrate, whether it's food or, you know, traditions or other things like that. Just put yourself in a situation where you're excited to learn something new, right? Uh, we, I always love travel for that reason where you go to a country that you don't know the language and, you know, you just, you, you, you don't like the struggle on one hand of the adjustment and the growth, but once you you know get used to the routine, it's really great. Uh, another option, another idea, is to read a book called third culture kids Uh, it was suggested to me by a coach i'd hired you know in previous years and it was a great book just showing how globalization uh, leaves people with you know uh, cultural perspectives a combination of them that you know no one else would be able to identify with right like there's people that spent time in argentina and, and and singapore as a result of their you know their parents you know job trajectory and things and this it just, is just such a great book to, you know, um, explore these, you know, case studies and say, hey, you know, how do people with these backgrounds still find a way to belong? And uh, it's a struggle to to resonate with, with what their life story involves. And then, yeah, otherwise, yeah, there's other other great books. I love um, Breaking the Bamboo Ceiling, uh, which is just a, a great book on Asian perspective on how to you know get a, a career path and be more of an advocate for yourself but otherwise yeah yeah just take a take time take a 30-minute coffee meeting with with the boss or you know someone from a different background just to say hey you know what i'd, I'd love to learn more about your story and and see what kind of and end the conversation with you know well, how can i support you how can i support you know the things that are important to you and, you know, maybe maybe that leads to some interesting, you know, time in community service or, or you know, seeing a part of the city that people don't want to, you know, like, give attention to, uh, whether it's like refugees or underserved populations, uh, you know, there's just so many, I that, that it just could lead you to so many different opportunities that you wouldn't have discovered until you got a little curious.
1: Well, I am really glad that I asked. Thank you for that. <laughs> what uh, What's the best way for our listeners to get connected with you and, and tap into your work, man?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, let's just uh, Let's just have people start with you know checking out the free guide on my on my website. So if you go to www.adaptingleaders.com dot dot com forward slash guide, uh, you I give away a free PDF download of the five step framework that. Uh, will help people navigate difficult conversations and give them a higher chance of success. Cause here's the thing guys, like I I have to practice what I preach or no one will hire me. And so this is, you know, the exact process that I have to use to not have to, but I get to use to kind of trick myself forward whenever I find myself, you know, lapsing into, Oh, like I really don't want to have to deal with this now. Right. Or I don't want to have to resolve this issue or I'd rather be doing other things. But you know, until I deal with the albatross in the room, like it's not going to go away. So yeah, check out the guide, uh, check out the case study that we walk you through and and see what ideas that leads to. And from there, uh, from the website, you can also, uh, you know, you can book a a complimentary 30 minute call. You can check out the free blog with useful summaries of of leadership, literature and other uh, life tips. But yeah, the the meat of the value comes from the guide. So www.adaptingleaders.com forward slash guide.
1: Well, Jerry, it has been a real pleasure having you on the program this morning, man. Thanks for hanging out with us and sharing your insight and perspective. You're doing important work, man, and we we sure appreciate you.
0: Thanks, Tom. uh, I hope it pays dividends for your listeners, for sure.
1: All right. Until next time, this is Stone Payton for our guest today, Jerry Fu with Adapting Leaders, and everyone here at the Business Radio X family saying we'll see you in the fast lane.